There's no doubt that the game has changed, and we are changing with it. Welcome to Season 2, because in this season, it is all about how we become and stay operational. How we're ready for every moment of our life on and off the job. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman. Thanks for joining me, and let's get down to it. All right, welcome back to Mindset Radio. Listen, this is your first Wednesday episode in the new format. So make sure you stop by, give us some feedback, let us know how you like it. And I could not think of a better way to reformat this show and start this thing off other than bringing Mark Briggs to the table to have a conversation about, well, how we become, stay, and maintain a level of operational capacity that we need uh, because of the lives we've chosen, because of the work that we do. So listen, if you don't know Mark, uh, he is a uh, Army veteran, retired police and SWAT officer, a crazy MMA strength and conditioning coach, personal trainer, uh, tactical strength and conditioning coach, and currently serves as the director of law enforcement and a master trainer for brute force training. Mark, thanks for joining me today. Jeff, thanks for having me on. Hey, man, absolutely. I really honestly, in in looking at this whole new reformat and structure, I'm like, who can I come on that really gets it and can have a real straight conversation about, well, how we stay operational, like what that even means to be operational, right? Right. Um, Because it may mean different things to different people. And so I want to have a rad discussion today. I want to talk about it. I want to unpack some stuff. You've had you know, some crazy experiences in your life, uh, given your history and, you know, some of the encounters you've had, we've had great conversations in the past about stuff. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that today is like highly relevant to the people that are still in the streets that are doing it, that are faced with challenges day in and day out. And as we get through this thing, you know, you're the guy who throws big balls over high, tall objects, right? I mean, <laughs> and, and well, like, I don't know that they're tall, but yeah. <laughs> and, and bought a Mini Cooper, so you have something heavier to lift. I don't know. I mean, right. like you're that guy, and story, but you've yeah. done s- some really cool stuff, right? And yep. you know, your your claim to fame, you got to be in the, uh, uh, what's the what was the episode you were in uh, with Tony? Oh, the uh, P90X series. P90X series. That's P90X it. P90X Sorry, just just scrape me for a minute. Yeah, you look like a totally different person back then. So I look uh, like I ate that guy now. Yes, <laughs> you do look like you ate that guy now. But you know uh, that that really leads into what we're talking about with being operational, right? So yeah, we need to we need to be dialed in based on what the mission is that we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. So uh, obviously, as we go through life and we go through different things and different aspects, our training modality needs to change based on what we need to do operationally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that we're best suited for whatever environment it is that we're going into. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's like, how do we understand even what our mission is? And then are we putting ourselves in our in the right condition, you know, to meet those requirements for that mission? Right. And aside of obviously from the physical side, there's a lot that goes into it mentally and preparing as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big fan of visualization and training. So 
Hmm. One of the things I do with brute force, I have the, the pleasure of training our military as well as our law enforcement communities. And when I have people doing just as an example, like a shoulder and slam with a sandbag, I'll have them go through a couple of reps with that. And then I'll pause what they're doing and I'll say, now I want you to think about this. This is no longer a sandbag. This is some motherfucker that just took your back and they're trying to kill you or choke you or get control of your pistol. Now I want you to slam this bag like you're driving their fucking head through 12 inches of concrete. And you can almost see the shift within a person's demeanor when they get Mm -hmm. that picture in their head. And what does that do for us ultimately, right? It gets our adrenaline going a little bit harder. It makes us envision that we're actually in a fight with somebody. and your intensity goes through the roof. So it's all about, for me, I, I love to train with high intensity. Um, anytime I was ever in an altercation on the street in my 18 years as an officer, um, I, I was not one of those guys that just did a little light pushing match back and forth. I was all about ending things quickly. Um, you know, obviously not trying to hurt people, but if sure. somebody steps up to take a shot at the title, it was going to be over fu- fast and furious and violently. <laughs> right. Yeah. And generally they left with stitches. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used to teach, you know, back at the agency doing weapons programs. It's like, no, you may not be drawing first, but you know, it's kind of that, that mental attitude of, Hey, thanks for giving me the opportunity to display these phenomenal skills that I've worked so hard to acquire over time. And you're about to meet the end of that. Right. Right. Uh, you know, you may start this, but I will finish it is kind of the idea that I always try to instill in training, right? Because I think we get into this, this, this kind of normalcy of going to the gym or getting a workout in, we don't make it relevant to our life. Right. A lot right. of times. And that's and, one of the things I love about what you do. Yeah. Well, you know, curls are great and they build really magnificent looking biceps, but I can't think of an application where I'm going to be using a curling movement on the street. And, you know, what I can see is grabbing onto somebody and needing that grip strength to hold on to them, uh, controlling them, maybe pulling them in so I can get a tighter hold on them to move them to another position that's going to be advantageous to cuffing, especially in law enforcement. Right. Um, so my, my mindset on training is I want it to be functional and I want it to be real world. Now, obviously, I'm retired from law enforcement, but as I said, since I'm training that element, it keeps me very much in the mindset and it keeps my skills sharp. And that's the way I train when I work out. I don't do anything to uh, to have a better aesthetic, per se. Having a better aesthetic is maybe a side effect of the training that I do. Sure. But, you know, I don't believe in doing just an arm day. I get big arms by pulling heavy things and pushing heavy things. And that's... Mm-hmm. And lifting heavy things, and that's kind of kind of my mindset. It makes me functionally fit. Um, you know, I'm I'm almost 50 years old, and I'm stronger than I've ever been in my whole life. You you mentioned the Mini Cooper at the beginning, and it's it's true. I bought a Mini Cooper simply to have as a deadlift car. Um, it's a good starter car. It's small enough. You put the hatch up. You can have people sit in the back of it. You can throw sandbags or plates or whatever in the back to adjust your weight. But it's it's just really kind of cool. And people say, you know, how much do you deadlift? Well, I, I deadlift a car. I so deadlift a mini. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this. It's hard to look like an intimidating bastard when you're driving a Mini Cooper being, you know, 6'1", 250 pounds. It's, you know, it's like, Mommy, Mommy, the rhino's too close to the car again. <laughs> right, but, yeah, uh... I saw the picture. I saw the picture. I, I laughed, right? Uh, you know, yeah. No, I think, but I think that's, so So you said something earlier about, like, when you're talking to guys and you're out training your people and you're doing stuff, it's like, okay, 
So, you know, I'm going to do a sandbag slam or I'm going to mm-hmm. carry one. or I'm going to do something with this thing. It's right. not just that act, right? You, right. No. when you actually apply it and begin that visualization process and put yourself kind of mentally in a certain scenario or a certain condition, you know, it triggers a lot more than just your standard, you know, muscle capability reflex, right? It triggers all the emotions that go with it. It triggers the adrenals in a different way. Uh, you know, you get a chem- different chemical reaction going on inside the body. You get a different dump. You know, there's a lot more to that that then begins to mirror what may actually happen on the street. For sure. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. Uh, you know, and that's yeah. that's part of the benefit of that training, too. You know, I, I incorporate cert pistols into my PT training, you know, that I do here with my crew as well as with the military. Mm-hmm. And what it what happens is obviously in a in a real world gunfight, you go from calm and relaxed with normal respirations to 180 beats per minute or more. Um, you lose your fine motor skills. You tend to have tunnel vision, maybe auditory exclusion, uh, and and uh, several other factors that go into that. So when I can train people, I, obviously I'm not going to shoot at them when we're training, but I can simulate that physiological response that happens when you're in a real gunfight by elevating them with whatever implements that we're using to elevate the heart rate. And then I can have them shoot designated targets. I can throw mag changes in there with a cert pistol uh, and as well as using this for application on the range. Yeah. Um, so we can actually do live fire training with it. And, you know, I've, I've trained different SWAT teams, different members of the military, even doing CQB stuff with uh, hostage rescue operations and that type of thing. So, what I find, and you know, my hope with all of this is when people train and they get used to shooting with a with an elevated heart rate of, in the 180s, 170s, and they can make accurate hits with that heart rate, that they're going to come out the other side of this altercation on top. Yeah, uh, and that's really what the focus is behind all this. Um, but again, if you're not preparing physically, if you're not preparing mentally, then you're doing yourself, uh, your team members, and the public a disservice because you're not going to be prepared for that. I, it shocks me, Jeff, how many police officers I run into that have not even been in a, a fist fight in their life prior to becoming a cop. Yeah. And it's, it's mind blowing, you know, I, I, and it's not like I grew up in a rough neighborhood or anything, but um, we had lots of scuffles when, when I was a kid growing up and it continued. And, and then in, obviously in law enforcement, everything's not a knockdown drag out and shooting is obviously the rarest thing that we do, but we go hands on in fights quite often. Yeah. I mean, I just had, you know, Matt Larson on, uh, father of modern combatives, right? Rewrote the army's, uh, combatives program. We had a really great conversation about, you know, kind of easy to go to the range, punch holes in paper, uh, and look good out there. But when it comes to combatives, right, when it comes to training at a level where you are up against another human being, you know, that's a whole different space and time and the right. risk of <laughs> looking like an asshole uh mm-hmm. is extremely high right i mean you know you did a couple on the range what's the worst thing happens on the range you have an nd uh you know you look like an idiot for a minute uh somebody yells at you and, and you know go on your go on your way but you know you start you put on the step on the mat or step up against another person you know the risk of losing status is such a huge piece of kind of who we are, I think it creates is avoidance to certain things. Right. And what they don't think about beyond that is losing your life. Because no matter how much we train, no matter how much of a badass I am or you are or anybody else, there's somebody out there that can kick your ass and wants to. So 
you constantly have to train, you constantly have to evolve. And the other thing you have to do is be realistic with where you are in your training and where you want to go with it. Um, and especially as we age, you know, things, things change so much when, you know, in my thirties, I could jump in and go balls out for however long I needed to in, in training. And as I've gotten older now, it's like, you know, I can't get off the floor without making noise at this point. So preparation, (laughs) preparation is key before I start doing crazy stuff. And then I have to cool down and I have to stretch and everything else. So it's, you know, you have to be realistic about where you are. Um, you know, I, in my youth too, I would, I would train injured. And that was just stupid yes. because it would just, yeah. you know, now I still train if I'm injured, but I'm not training the parts that are injured or I'm changing the way that I'm training while I'm injured. Um, and it all ties into your mindset. You know, a few years ago, I tore the Terry's major in lat tendons off of my humerus. Um, my orthopedic surgeon found five other cases in the United States ever that had been surgically repaired from this injury. And the truth wow. is I missed two days. I missed the day that I had surgery and I missed the day after surgery as recoveries. And obviously I didn't work anything that worked that arm or the lat or the upper body, but I was doing lower body stuff. I was doing core. I was keeping mentally in what I was doing. Um, because that's just me. That's, that's, yeah. that's my thought and my belief on you have to stay training. You know, I see people that get, you know, they tore a meniscus. Okay. Well, I can't work out. Well, there's nothing wrong with your core and your upper body. So as much as I despise machines, get in and do some upper body stuff on machines while your knee is recovering, let it rest and heal and recover. But that doesn't mean you stop. You know, if you get in a fight on the street as a cop and you get punched in the face and knocked on your ass, you say, okay, well you can go now. No, you keep your fucking ass in the fight until you win the fight and more people get there and you have to overcome. But that requires getting your mind right. That requires physically training and that requires dealing with the aftermath when maybe you've been through a a hard incident. And I think that's another thing that's really overlooked is the, is the aftermath of dealing with things and and moving forward at the same time without getting bogged down or being afraid to do the job or, you know, whatever it is that you're carrying with you, you've got to deal with that stuff in a positive way and, or you're not going to be able to continue going forward. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that's to me, when I look at like what it means to be operational, it is the one, the ability to put myself in whatever condition I need to be in for my mission or my job or whatever might come. And today, you know, across the, across the services, doesn't matter if I'm a cop or a fireman or military guy, like the world is just crazy today. Like you just, it, it will show up at you in any moment and got to be ready for it. But I got to be ready for it, not only physically, but I got to be ready for it mentally, like we talked about and emotionally. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we have lives outside of uniform. You know, we've got spouses and family and kids and, you know, everybody, friends and other people around us that we've got to be able to kind of make these transitions through it. And so to me, being operational is like fully encompassing all those aspects, right? So that I can maneuver through my life with a high level of effectiveness, be resilient, communicate what I need, just call it out, right? Just say, hey, you know, that really screwed me up. That last call or that last incident, you know, had an impact. Right, yeah, and it, and if it does, you have to be willing to deal with it too. I think there's a stigma, you know, it's so many of us are type A personalities and we kind of brush yeah. it under the rug and say, you know, oh, fuck it, I'm fine. You know, for me, there were things that didn't come out until years after I was off the job that that started to bother me, and I I went and got some help to to get through it. 
Um, and, you know, to me, I think it's, it's almost, I, I work now with a lot of people that have post-traumatic stress. Uh, I, I train mm-hmm. um, former uh, people from public service, military, as well as those that are still in it. And the, the kind of cool thing, when several of us started talking about some issues we had, you know, people are piping up, you know, that happens to me too, or I have that same problem, or I deal with this. And you realize that you're not so weird carrying some of the stuff that you carry. It's just normal things, but so many in our community don't want to talk about it because they're afraid they're going to get labeled as something weak or, you know, you've, yeah. you've ultimately got to take care of yourself full 360 with all of it. Well, yeah. And then, you know, a lot of times we'll dive into things like, well, let me just work out. Let me try to work it out with this or work it out with that. I mean, there's, there's all these components that have to be handled. One, if I'm training, I'm training in a way that meets the operational conditions I will face. It's one of the things I love about brute force and the sandbags and the workouts and the ULU stuff, right? The unstable load, odd object stuff you guys do. Uh, right. It's a very, I since I got introduced to it, it feels like, it feels it's very visceral, right? It's very primal to work mm-hmm. out with that bag. I like it. Uh, it you know, there's something about it and doing that style of workout that kind of goes beyond throwing weights around really, right? There's, there's something yeah. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's different and awesome. Uh, it's prime. It's like primal violence. Yes. Yes. That's in, a great in a control in a controlled circumstance. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think that, and then you, when you match that level of training or you take those resources, those tools, and then you combine it with a, more tactical driven like you you described a workout the other day to me that you do your kind of your combat workout uh mm-hmm. combat thing that you did yeah right. right i mean now you're really you're really working those evolutions the way you want to work those evolutions because you're triggering so much more than just the physicality of it per right. se yeah you're, you're working on a variety of skill sets all at the same time yeah no, i know i love that yeah, it's I love that. It's it's pretty fun. Uh, a lot of my crew in, enjoy it. Not so much maybe at the time, but once they're recovered between <laughs> rounds, they're about getting their breath back, and then they go out and get their dick stomped again for you know another round or two or ten, whatever it takes. But it's you know all, the other thing to remember too is a big part of the exercise component is finding something that you love to do. You know, people mm-hmm. come to me all the time and they'll say, you know, Mark, I want to I want to muscle up. What should I do? And I'm like, well, what do you like to do? What are your goals? The biggest thing, at least from a physical standpoint, is is determining and having a very clear picture of what the goal should be. I had a right. guy several years ago that was running marathons and was frustrated because he couldn't bulk up. And I'm like, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? Your body's catabolic because you're running 15, 20 yeah. miles a week, and then you're trying to bulk up on top of it. You're, you're, you're counterproductive to what you're trying to do. So have a, have a clear goal, then decide what your training modality is going to be. And then the other component is obviously locking in your nutrition. And once you have the three of those things in line, man, you can go from, from one extreme to another. The last video series I did with Beachbody was called 22-Minute Hardcore, and it was a military-based uh, light sandbag workout. Now, when I say it was a light workout, it was an intense workout, but using a light sandbag. I was walking around at, at 230 pounds when I got the call. And, uh, Tony Horton called me up, and he said, hey, if you want a shot at being in this, you need to get in shape. And to, to, from Tony, I know that means I need to lose weight. <laughs> And I asked him, I said, I said, you know, what body weight do you want me at? He's like, it's not about body weight. You need to be able to operate at like 
a super high level of cardio fitness. And what I had been doing at the time was lifting heavy shit, which is what I like to do. That's what I'm back mm -hmm. to doing. Um, so I completely revamped. I went back to more of a mixed martial arts based, uh, high endurance training model. I revamped my, uh, food intake completely cut way back on carbohydrates up my protein, kept my fat consistent. And I cut from 230 pounds down to 192 pounds in two and a half months, which is what I had to do to, to make it into the shoot. Now, normally I wouldn't cut weight that, I mean, that's pretty extreme. Normally I had to give myself six months to drop that much weight, but knowing how to do it and having a timeline and having a goal made all the difference in the world to changing physically where I needed to be. Sure. So, you know, now I'm back to doing the things I like. I fell in love with strongman stuff about a year ago. And that's kind of my bigger focus now. I still do a couple of days of really intense cardio through the combat conditioning, but more often than not, I'm I'm deadlifting Mini Coopers or throwing brute balls over a yoke or carrying a yoke or you know linking sandbags together and coming up with some sadistic shit that makes my crew cry every day. But um, you know, yeah, it's all about finding uh, what you like and yeah. making it making it work for you. So. These, these things that we're talking about, those are all tools in the toolbox. And the more tools you have to draw from, the better you're going to be and the more well-rounded you're going to be in the long run. Yeah, I want to I want to ask you a question. So so here's a curious thing, right? I, now, from a fire service perspective, you know, in that EMS, fire service world, there's kind of designated PT time, right? Generally speaking, most fire stations, you've got time. You've got time to work out. Or, you know, maybe you've got equipment in the firehouse or you've got something or you go to the gym or you do whatever. And there's kind of some right. time for that, you know, short of the call coming in and being interrupted. There's time for that. Right. On, on the flip side, from the law enforcement side, I want to talk about like how you manage, you know, workout and fitness regiments. And then we'll talk a little bit about nutrition as well, but some fitness regiments from the from the law enforcement side, because clearly, you know, you're not, as far as I know, you know, in your shift, if you're working 10, 12 hour shift or whatever, you're not getting PT time in there most times for a for your regular, you know, patrol officer, you know, street cop, uh, you know, SWAT right. ups clearly generally different, but, uh, but not, um, you know, most departments don't have full-time teams, you know, you're the on-call team. Uh, right. So you are working, working a beat and, and dealing with everything else. How does that work? How do how do you find that time in that space, not be exhausted, you know, and, and not turn it into a 14, 15 hour day? Like what, how do you do that? Well, here's the thing. We all have the same number of minutes and hours in a day. And I decided when I raised my hand and I took that oath that I surrendered the right to be unfit and I was not going to end up in a fucking box because I wasn't in shape. There's a lot of things out there that can kill us. I was not going to die because I wasn't able to take care of myself. So that was the first thing. So it comes down to priorities, that being said. Whether you're yeah. working a 12-hour shift, a 10-hour shift, an 8-hour shift, I was fortunate to work for an agency that allowed us an hour to train uh, on our Monday, first day in, and then our last hour on Friday, providing we didn't get bogged down with calls. So that part was good. But I always made the time typically to work out before I came on shift because I was never sure if something was going to happen at the beginning. I was going to have to hit the street, and obviously at the end of shift, things go haywire. So sure. to me, it was making fitness a priority in my life. The other thing you talk about is, you know, the longer workouts. You don't have to spend two hours in the gym every day or 90 minutes in the gym. You can set up a 15-minute AMRAP, and that's another thing I love the sandbags about. Yeah, You can absolutely kick your ass in 15 or 20 minutes. Yes. 
yes, leave you yourself can. in a heap on the floor. So if you crank up your <laughs> intensity and you cut down on your break time, uh, you can get a lot accomplished in 20 minutes. So it's it's all a matter, really. It just circles back to making it a priority in your life. You're doing a job that, first of all, law enforcement by nature is compelling people to do things that they do not want to do. And the unfortunate side effect is that, of that is that it sometimes becomes a contact sport. Mm-hmm. And when it becomes that contact sport, you damn well better be ready to deal with what you've got to deal with. And as I said earlier, no matter how tough you are, there's somebody tougher. But you condition your mind and you condition your body so that you're ready for that as something that is, in fact, going to happen and not as, oh, well, it may happen someday, but it's not going to happen to me. So if you get your mind right from the beginning and you train your ass off to the best of your ability and the people around you that you work with are training their asses off to the best of their ability, we had a a rocking shift. When I used to work 5 p.m. to 3 a.m., we had an absolutely kick-ass shift of warriors on that shift. I knew I could count on the men and women I was working with, and they knew they could count on me. And that's that's what it came down to was, you know, I mean, the ultimate goal in law enforcement is we all want to go home at the end of our shift, and we're going to make yeah. that happen no matter what we have to do. So to me, PT, physical training, is part of that requirement of the job. And if you're working the job and you're hearing me say this, and you're the one that's sitting on your ass and being fucking lazy, turn it around and fix it before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to let that one sit for a minute because I, I think that it's, you know, here's, I, I did this exploration a few years ago into understanding what a commitment really was and meant, you know, and making a commitment to something means you will overcome or outlast the, the circumstances of life, right? It, it, it far exceeds whatever circumstances you're dealing with, tired, overworked, whatever's going on, whatever's there, if you hold a commitment to your role and your position and your responsibilities and the people around you and yourself, you will make the time to do that, right? right. You it's will, non-negotiable, non-negotiable. Right. It, is, it is a 100% non-negotiable. And I think that's, I think we're missing some of that across a lot of the services. I know for me, I mean, I told them, told many on myself, I didn't, I didn't carry that when I was in the fire service. Uh, I didn't quite, you know, I, I kind of lived in this idea of, or I rested in my tactical knowledge and ability, right? Mm-hmm. And that I let that kind of carry the day. And the reality was maybe I wasn't physically where I needed to be, right? I mean, I didn't tactically sound, sure. Tactically proficient, absolutely. Highly knowledgeable, highly skilled, yes. Physically capable of anything that could possibly happen no you know what i mean and so there's a misalignment there uh and and i think you got to be willing to look at that for yourself and be honest with yourself and stand in front of the mirror completely naked and go fuck i'm not capable you know if if i had three guys at me how long can i survive right can i survive until backup gets there can i survive until you know a goof citizen comes in and helps or whatever. Like it's, you know, we talked about it with the mat, like Matt, you know, survive. How long does the fight need to last? It needs to last until you get help or get away. Right. That's right. it. Um, right. You know, and can you survive that? Can you maintain that? Can you deal with that regardless of how long you're working or whatever else is going on in your life? Do you have that commitment? I love that, that you said that that was uh, when you 
raised your right hand, you took the oath, you swore in as the officer, you chose to put the badge on. That came with a lot more than just being a police officer. Yeah, for sure. It's it's not fluff and it's not something I take lightly. And that's something I try to impart to others as well. You know, I feel I feel really a, a sense of frustration and sadness for the the officers that were working now. Obviously, the you know, the body cameras have become the norm for them. Yes. Um, and in a way, I think it's a good thing. And in a way, I think it's a bad thing, because obviously you can take a little snippet of something and make it look any way you want to look. Mm-hmm. Um, by and large, I think police officers are amazing people, men and women that are out there every day running towards the sound of the guns yeah. um, and selfless. We're, we're not infallible. I mean, we're people like anybody else and subject to mistakes, but you know, you have bad plumbers, you have bad teachers, you have, you have the bad apples in any, any group that you go with, but by and large, they're awesome. They are under so much scrutiny on a daily basis. And that pendulum really, I would love to see it swing back the other way to where police are trusted and, and appreciated the way they should be. Right. Um, you know, there, there's definitely been a societal shift, which makes the job a lot harder, which only reinforces the need to be to be physically fit and mentally fit and, and operational for whatever it is that your job assignment is that you're dealing with. Um, yeah. But, yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think I look at the conditions. I mean, here in San Diego uh, recently, you know, we were last year or so, you know, they're they get called to, you know, check the residents, you know, check the welfare or whatever. Yeah, can't get in the door, call the fireman. They come in, pop the door. Guy lights off with a freaking fully automatic weapon, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at everybody. It is, I think that's one of the things, you know, I talk about this and you and I both, I think, are geeks when it comes to human behavior and biofeedback and analytics and, you know, data mm-hmm. doesn't lie, right? So we love to right. to hook people, hook people up and actually see what's going on inside. Uh, but, you know, you've got to be today prepared for everything at every moment because it changes on a dime. And mm-hmm. I, I think the just the commitment to train your body and train your mind, uh, train your soul, right, to be emotionally stable, to do with all that stuff, you know, it's like the game has it has changed, and you have to rise with it. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, yeah. You have to and be willing so, to adapt to whatever it is you're dealing with. Yeah, and take it on, and take it on with a level of seriousness that you got a responsibility. You got a responsibility to yourself and your family and the people around you. I think that's uh, I think that's such a crucial aspect to it. I mean, you know, I can't. When did you? Let me ask you this. Sure. What was a point? What was a point in your career where you maybe weren't ready for something? Did you have you had anything where it's like you had to sit back and look at it and be so, like, I got to put yeah. the donut down? <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't even so much put the donut down. I mean, throughout yeah. my career, I stayed pretty physically active. Uh, you know, I was up and down between cardio and strength, but uh, there's one that stands out specifically that, um, and it's a little bit of a story if you don't mind me taking a short second. No, with go. You. Oh, um, I, so I was working on a campus district and I drove around a corner onto a road and saw, and it's populated, you know, spots of bars and everything down there. I see my beat partner getting thrown into the side of his squad car and my beat partner at the time, uh, we're both about six, one, I was about two twenty, He was about two Oh five. 
And this kid that he's dealing with was 6'2 and maybe 180 pounds, and, and my partner's getting manhandled. Mm. Well, I throw it, in, throw it in park. It's busy on the radio, so I couldn't even get traffic out that I was getting out or what was going on. Um, I just reacted, jumped out of the car. And he's got this kid leaning up against him with his, the kid's shoulders like in his abdomen. He's pushing him against a squad car. My buddy hooks him with his arms and kind of flails out so that the, the kid's almost, uh, upper body's almost parallel to the ground. So I come up at a dead sprint, put my shoulder down, hit this kid. The three of us go to the ground. And I say kid, he was probably 22, 23. He's a college student. Yeah. I feel his ribs break when I hit him. And the kid starts to stand up, and I grab him by the shoulder, and I uppercut him in the groin so hard I picked him up off his feet. And the kid grinned at me. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. So he'd already been pepper sprayed. Um, as, as he's drawing back to punch me in the face because I'm still in a kneeling position, my partner grabs his arm. He spins off, pushes my partner into the car. I get this kid around the waist and suplex him over my shoulder onto his head on the street. I'm figuring, okay, this is done. It's not done. Uh, I roll up. I take top mount. The kid hits me in the face, and I start punching him in the face as hard as I can. His head's bouncing off the pavement, and he's laughing. And again, I think, fuck. Now, by now, I'm, I'm winded. We've been fighting yeah. for maybe, maybe two minutes, uh, and, and nothing's working. Pepper spray has no impact on this kid. And there's probably... 500 to 700 kids on the street, again, college kids, yeah. watching this dead pan silent. Nobody's making a sound. And I start scanning faces like somebody, please jump in here and help us. Yeah. Because we're getting to the point where we're exhausted. Uh, this kid is actively fighting. He's not trying to get away. And that may have been one of those, like for me, if this kid got up and ran, I would have let him go and we would have got him later. Right, right. We were we were getting our asses kicked and nothing was working. So, long story. Uh, we continued to fight this kid. I got on the radio and called out our code for emergency backup. I called out a street one over from where we actually were, because at that time I had not been training in elevated heart rate scenarios where I'm grappling with people. Um, so that was foreign to me, and that's part of what drove me to create programming that I did later. Yeah. Um. But again, it was the situational awareness of just stress, adrenaline, exhaustion. We ended up fighting this kid for eight minutes. Um, <laughs> I finally got him face down in a, in a straight arm bar, and I said, put your hands behind your back or I'm snapping your elbow. This kid's not breathing hard. He's not winded. He very calmly says, all right, I'm done. Let go of my arm. I'll put the other one behind my back. And I said, nope, you're putting it back now or I'm snapping it. And he put his hand behind his back. We get him cuffed, uh, blood's just cascading off of this kid's head. Get him to the hospital. Uh, it's the only time I ever heard a nurse gasp when we brought somebody in. They thought I fractured his skull. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, unfortunately, I only broke my hand from punching him in the face, but uh, it turned out this kid was on Oxycontin and PCP, so he really was not feeling much of anything. Yeah. Um, but that was a time that it just, I evaluated the situation. Fortunately, my partner was also prior military. We'd, we'd worked together for years. The two of us had sat down alone and kind of did an after-action review of everything that happened. And for me, it, it, it set things off that, you know, again, this was, we're both in pretty decent shape. This kid was just out of his gourd on drugs, and you're going to run into that. It's before we had tasers or any of the other 
tools to use. So basically we were reaching a point where it was either let this kid go, get him away from us, or we're going to have to shoot him. Um, So what could, what could we have done differently? And kind of what I arrived at is I needed to do more high stress, elevated heart rate shooting where you're on the brink of, you know, you're on that red line and you're fighting. We were on that red line for eight minutes, Jeff. Mm. which doesn't sound like a long time. You see the UFC fighters do the five minute. Oh, rounds. Are you kidding me? That's forever. We're in, we're in 40 pounds of, of kit, full uniforms, literally rolling and grappling and fighting. And it was just a knockdown drag out. So that was kind of a wake up call for me in that arena. Um, and that's how I adapted as I went on to do more things. I got more involved in ground fighting to learn better control and skills. Uh, and it wasn't that I was sloppy with what I was doing, but you know, by department policy, we couldn't do any chokes. So there was a time I could have sunk a rear naked on this kid and put him to sleep, but I was afraid I'd get hung up by my short hairs if I did that because it would have violated policy. Sure. And which is which is all other things that obviously with law enforcement we and military, we have rules of engagement. And sometimes mm-hmm. those rules of engagement are not benefiting us when it's when it's those rare occasions. Right. So the more things you can do to constantly no bullshit, like you said, stand naked in front of the mirror and give yourself a no bullshit evaluation. Ask your peers. That's another thing I'm big at. When I'm working with uh, the guys and gals, I would ask my coworkers, what could I have done differently, especially after a serious situation? I wanted no bullshit feedback because the only way I'm going to ever get better at my game is by honest feedback, and then I can take that and adapt it and, and go from there. So it's, it's life is a constant evolution and all we can do is work at getting better. We're never going to be the best at anything, no matter where we are, there's always a higher level to attain, but we can do our best to keep moving forward and getting better at what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I better has no finish line in my opinion, right? There it is. Right. And it is a, it is a constant everyday workload. And, and I don't mean that like in a, oh, there's something to do. It's just that right. constant everyday commitment. Okay. What is my, what am I, what am I going to do today? You know, like Pip says, what's his thing, you know, better today than, than you were yesterday. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and just, and just keep pushing it out better every day, pushing yourself a little bit more. Tell me the, give me the combat uh, conditioning exercises. You did you retell that to me again, exactly what you did the other oh, day. Sure. With your guys. Yeah. So, Basically, we started, uh, we use a 55-pound sandbag, and we did two over the shoulder. So you squat, pick the bag up, touch your shoulder with it, throw it over, turn around, flip it the other way. Um, You run about 10 feet, you pick up a 100-pound sandbag, and we burden carried it. So we're either doing a bear hug carry, putting it on one shoulder, putting it across both shoulders, or front-loading it in a front rack position. From there, we run maybe 15 or 20 yards, drop it, pick up a 35-pound mace, Swing over the right shoulder, full impact on a tractor tire. Same thing with the left shoulder. Pick up your 100-pound sandbag again for a burden carry. Run another 10 or 15 yards. Drop it. We pick up a 55-pound sandbag. And any kind of throw that you want, whether it's overhead, underhand, spinning, whatever you come up with, you have to get that down 20 yards of turf. And then you have to get it back 20 yards of turf. Then you pick up your 100-pound sandbag again. You burden carry it back. Uh, to our start finish line, you drop it, you pick up the 55 pound sandbag, you do two hand cleans with it, and then you pick up the cert pistol and we have a bob bag. You have to put uh, 10 rounds into bob accurately as quickly as possible. 
So the other thing that we'll do with that is sometimes we'll make it five rounds and we'll throw in a mag change or two mag changes um, while you have the high stress. Sometimes we'll do the shots and then I'll say, I'll point to one of my crew members and say, he's hitting the calf, put this tourniquet on. Right. So now they have to try and break the tourniquet out of its case and function with their hands tremoring because their heart rate's 180. And, uh, and they have to do that successfully. And we'll just take turns running through that. I'll also change it up. I'll yell different firing positions. So they may get set to shoot standing. Now you're going to do a rollover prone shoot, or you're going to go on your knees, or you're going to be sitting on your butt. Whatever it is to change it up, or I'll throw multiple targets into the mix that you have to engage. Sometimes you're moving and shooting at the same time. So yeah, the variables I'm... are always changing because I don't want, you know, routine is probably the worst thing that we can do no matter what it is. Absolutely. Um, so I always try and keep things fresh. We never do the same workout twice. Um, and it's whatever kind of sick shit that I, I can come up with. I'll literally wake up some mornings. I'm not kidding. I'll wake up some mornings at three o'clock in the morning and be like, oh, that would suck. I'm going to throw that in a workout. And I come out every morning and I erase the whiteboard from the day before. And then whatever we're doing that day comes out of me in that instant before we do it. And that's, that's just how we roll with it. And it's the, the men and women that are doing this, they absolutely love it because it's, it's exciting. It's not boring and it actually serves a purpose and it's building skill sets that are going to help them in their careers. It's going to, it's going to keep them alive when the shit hits the fan because they're going to be used to training that way. Well, and the reality is it, it's pretty, I mean, functionally it's pretty simple with a ton of complexities underneath of it that are necessary, right? Correct. I mean, you're not doing anything crazy. You know, it's, it's not like this big, I, I used to laugh at guys, you know, designing scenarios and designing stuff. I like, I don't need all these bombs and bullets and, you know, whiz bangs to screw somebody up. I just need to right. create the right condition, right? Mm -hmm. To trigger certain aspects. And that's what I love about that stuff because to me, it one, it sounds like fun, and at the same time, I'm thankful I don't live near you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'd be coming well, and getting you. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm well. <laughs> yep, it'll be there soon enough, and I'm gonna come visit okay, you. Okay, anyway. first workout, first workout, guys. We're gonna go mug Jeff and bring him exactly, back to the gym. Exactly. Gonna go, gonna go wrap <laughs> my ass up right when I see the van pull up. It reminds me of sitting in Beirut. Hey, are you an American? Yeah, looking for the vans. Uh, pull yeah. it up. But no, so. So, but I love this, I, you know, because it is, it is all relevant stuff and it, it sounds like fun, right? It, it's like, right. okay. And there's some competitive spirit to it and there's an enticement to it. And that's what I like about this stuff rather than just, you know, I think mentally, sometimes we get in the idea, like you said earlier, well, I have to go spend an hour in the gym doing something. Right. I have to go do squats or do chest or do like that's not our life. We don't train for curls and for squats and for bench press. You know what I mean? That's not how our life is yeah. operationally. Right. And and I think when you can shift the physicalness, I think that was a big thing for me over the last couple of years when I began to shift my workout to suit my life and kind of what I wanted to create for myself you know, then I start to see things differently and then it becomes fun right. and it becomes enjoyable. And then it becomes a, a challenge in and of itself to do something, uh, yeah. you know, different. We don't, and like now, it make you, go ahead. 
I, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's if you don't love what you're doing and you're doing something because it's on a fucking schedule, you're going to grow to hate it. You're going to half-ass it when you're there, and you're not going to get shit out of it. You may as well stay home and sit on the couch. Yeah. So develop something that you look forward to doing. You know, today, for an example, uh, we've been doing car deadlifts for a while. I decided it would be a cool idea to do a static car deadlift. So we were on a stopwatch to see how long we could do a single rep hold. I immediately regretted that. Well, 10 <laughs> seconds into it, I regretted it. But it was something I had never done before. Yeah. I would never done it. And and the truth is we're only good at the things we do often. So yeah. the more things you can get out and expose yourself to and get proficient at and and then find the things you love. And if it doesn't work for you, then leave that shit at the door and go fucking do something else. Yeah. But you've got to do something. You've got to figure out what it is that you love to do and then do your best to be diversified in other things as well. You know, I hate cardio. To me, my idea of cardio, as you know, I've shared this with you, is lifting heavy things faster. Right. But I still do, I still get it in. I get anaerobic with the sandbags doing the combat conditioning because that's my running. I've got to go down to North Carolina in September. I'm competing in the tactical games down there. Yes, you the are. Division. And I'm going to get my ass handed to me on the running segments, and I already know that. But you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my best, and I've got it in my mind. I'm not going to fucking quit no matter what happens. Yeah. So I'm not going to be the fastest. I'm not going to be the strongest. But I'm going to get through it no matter what they throw at me for this thing. And it's going to be fun. That's ultimately it. I'm going to have fun doing it. And I think that's the thing. I think there's a mentality there that says, you know, I, I, for, for a long time, like I, I didn't want to go up more out with Mike Hazel and the guys uh, up North a little bit, you know, Mike's the former Olympian and air force combat yeah. controller. Right. Cause I'm, I didn't, you know, cause I knew I could never keep up with those guys. Right. I mean, I just, right. But just, that's how you fucking get better, dude. I, that's how you get better. I, so I now go up every Sunday morning, and get the shit kicked out of myself. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Michael put something crazy up on there and I'll be like, okay, well, I'll do it till I'm dead. Uh, you yeah. know, until I just can't give you any more and go at it. And, and so it's just this willingness. I think there's a break point that when you're, when you're willing to just kind of say, fuck it and go do it. Right. And yep. ex you expose yourself a little bit. Listen, I think one of the things there's a false idea that is in our community and that is this false idea of judgment now mm -hmm. what i believe the people that carry the most judgment are the people that probably shouldn't be in the community first off right. uh, but i think the rest of us that are in here it's like I, i'm never gonna look at anybody and, and judge them for getting for putting their ass on the line for trying for going further for pushing themselves right you know i mean because who am i to do that right i mean i'm the guy sucking it up you know, barely making it through some things at times. So uh, I think there's this idea that somehow we don't want to expose ourselves. So we keep ourselves at bay from pushing ourselves or working out or doing some of these things for fear that we're going to look bad or somebody's going to judge us. We're not going to be good enough. You know, you just got to set all that shit aside. Just go for it. You know what I mean? Like you just said, you're going to go to yeah. the games and you're going to push it. You, you know, you know, you, your body's not going to hold up to the run in some ways, right? And that's just going to be a right. part of it. And and that's not going to be great, but you're going to go push it. And you're going to give, you know, yeah. 200, 210% in everything you can. I love that, man. Yeah, you do, your, you do your best in anything. That's part of the reason I love my I love my morning crew here and my evening crew when I'm, so when I'm not traveling with brute force, I'm training at home. Yeah. And it is very much, it, it's a no ego environment. I mean, we'll, we'll talk shit as a sense of joking and, and camaraderie, 
But everybody here is supported, and it doesn't matter what level they're at. I've got a guy that's 6'5", 350 pounds, he's, and he's 52 years old. Not in great shape, but he shows up and he works his ass off, his ass off to the best of his ability. In that same exact workout, I've got a guy that's literally a pro MMA fighter that's doing the exact same workout at a higher level because of his conditioning. And we're all doing this thing together and having fun together and supporting each other and cheering each other on. We don't do anything individually. We do everything as a fucking team. Yeah. And I think yeah. if more departments and more agencies, uh, no matter what, the first responders or military, if you get into working with the people, working out with the people that you work with and you support each other and you adopt that mindset of no one's left behind, we're only as, we're only as good as our weakest person, mm -hmm. right? And we support each other and we get through it and we've shared something. We've shared something that sucked and it was hard and we did it together. And that makes us closer. That makes us a more dialed in team at the end of the day. Yeah. So I, I love, I love that part of it. I had a, um, I had a guy out from, uh, he used to work for Jefferson County SWAT was out here for a few days last week. Uh, he had family that actually lives close to where I am, but it was awesome having him here for four days because he just added so much to the element. Um, it's just, it's just a great time. It's genuine. I, that's the biggest part of why I work out. The other thing is, you know, we talk about motivation a lot. Motivation obviously comes from within, but if I didn't have my morning crew, I, I'm as susceptible to being a lazy fuck as everybody else. So when I invite these guys and gals, now they're counting on me to show up at the door and open the door and let them in, which means I've got to be ready to perform. So we all kind of build that way. We build in that success that we're all going to have by holding each other accountable to what we're doing. So for those that are listening, maybe figuring, you know, how do I get into this? I hate training by myself. Get a group of you together that want to do this stuff and figure out what you're going to do and get after it. Yeah. It's kind and of, then, you know, creating those conditions for success, right? I mean, it, you just, you, you get others to join you in your suckness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the good thing, you know, we talked about fitness levels, right? You were afraid to go to that workout on Sundays because you knew you were going to get your ass kicked. You will rise up to a higher level only from training with somebody that's better at you, whatever it is you're doing. If you're training with people that are inferior to you as far as maybe your cardio conditioning or strength level, you can only push yourself so far. But if you've got a fucking Hulk, you know, I've got a kid that started with me not too long ago that, He's 6'2", 305 pounds, and he's strong as fuck, and he's younger than me, and he's faster than me. Right. And it pushes me It pushes me to work harder. He raises my level simply by being in the gym because I want to work harder. And it's not I want to beat him. I'm, there's nothing makes me happier than training my guys and gals and watching them outwork me in something. That yeah. makes me so fucking happy because they're succeeding. My job as, a, as an instructor is to, is to make myself inferior and have them leave me in the dust. That's my goal with everybody I bring into training. Yeah, I mean, I had to look at myself in the mirror and go, hey, dumbass, you have the opportunity to go work out with a freaking Olympian, you know? I'm, what? Oh, I'd kill for that. Like, why would you not go do this? Listen, it's a 10 minute drive up the street. You know, he's a good friend of yours. Why are you not doing this? So, yeah, I mean, I and I had to just call myself out. I mean, I think that's something I've gotten a lot yeah. better at over the years. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, and 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 I've got a great back. I've got great backup. My wife has no problem calling me out, going, "Hey, dumbass, <laughs> why aren't you training? Good about that, why aren't they? you working out with Hazel?" You know, I'm like, yeah. well, when your wife's calling you a pussy, it's time to it's, it's time to step no, up. Time and, to step and get up. After it. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's yeah. good. I, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, revisit just a couple things that that you points that you hit along the way that I think are important. It's like sure. one, one, 
no matter where I am, whether I'm a, a firefighter or a police officer, or an EMS provider, uh, you know, a service member across any of the branches, you know, there are certain certain traits. And I've talked about this with, you know, like Matt and a couple other military guys. It's like, you know, military, yes, you have your designated PT time and you've got standards to uphold and all these things. You know, but outside of that, you go into the fire service, the law enforcement community, you know, you go through your academy uh, and and the requirement really has to become self-propelled at some point, right? The requirement for your fitness, it is. yeah, for your mental, physical, and emotional fitness is self-directed post the academy. Mm -hmm. And yep. And the answer to that, I think you nailed, was the day you swear and the day you choose that role and choose to take that role on, you're making a commitment that has requirements to it and really embracing mm -hmm. that, right? And saying, okay, part of that requirement is I will be mentally, physically, and emotionally prepared for anything that happens. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's, you know, we miss that. And it's easy to lose sight of that. I don't think there's one of us out there that hasn't lost sight of that at some point in some way, right? We didn't. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, none of us are guilt-free when it comes to that. I have yet to meet a person who is like on the top of their game in all aspects all the time. It ain't happening. But, you know, building a community, doing things, listening to stuff, uh, you know, accelerating yourself. It's a it's a self-directed world and you've got to you've got to do that. I mean, there's just no end. You got to have the initiative. Yeah. You absolutely have to have the initiative. You know, every you know, especially once I became a parent, it, it, it changed that dynamic even more because then it was my kids I was thinking about, mm -hmm. you know, and in fact, the last gunfight that I was in, um, not long before I retired, I was in a, I had a good cover position. I won't, I won't bore you with all the details, but my B partner started taking fire. I left my position of uh, cover to engage. And I remember actively thinking as I stepped out, I hope somebody tells my kids what I did today. Cause yeah. I, I thought that was it. I didn't think I was coming home that night. Um, obviously I did, but you know, it, that's, that still sticks in my head. I remember that like it, it happened 10 minutes ago. So whatever that motivation is that you need to get off your ass and train, whether you're working, you know, a high stress job or not, we, we all need fitness in our life and we all need health. Yes. Um, you know, we're here a very finite period of time. So we need to, we need to work it like it matters because it does. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, and I'll share with you something I learned, you know, I worked with a lot of retired guys at the agency and it was funny because almost all of them said the same thing wherever, and you and I are in the, the right age bracket for this. Mm -hmm. They all yeah. said, no matter where they were, wherever they were in their forties, like whatever was consistent for them in their forties mm -hmm. is where they were in their sixties. You know, and if they, if they, if they took their foot off the gas pedal, you know, cause by 40, if you're, you know, you're towards the end of your career, you're probably, you know, Lieutenant captain, you're, you know, you're maybe in some admin jobs a little bit more depending upon your role. Right. Uh, right. Maybe take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit. You don't have to work out quite as hard. You're not working the streets anymore. You know, you're riding around in the chief's buggy or you're, you know, something else, right. That doesn't seem right. like it has that physical requirement. And it was funny when you looked at those guys, you know, they were in their sixties 
just trying to maintain, you know I mean? Just kind of plugging along, barely trying to maintain, suffering more injury and everything else. You flip that with a guy like Kenny Thatcher, you know, who 35 year LAPD career, 29 of it on LAPD SWAT, you know, so in his Mm forties, he was still, still running and gunning with the best of them. Oh yeah. And at super you know, badass, dude, at 66, 67, that guy could run any of us into the ground, even though his shoulder was shot, could do more pull ups than any of us, right? I mean, he just total different physical condition. And they all completely, there was a big discussion around it, you know. And then you look at like Ron Franklin, you know, 70 something could kick the shit out of all of us tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, but you look at where that is, and I think that's an important thing because I think. You know, I, I think listening audience, we get kind of two groups. We get the young guys, right, starting really in their yeah. earlier career, first five years, first six years, still running a gun and have visions of grandeur and, you know, how life's going to be so amazing. <laughs> and then you get you know, those of us who are kind of on the back end of the career uh, who are now figuring shit out, looking back, going, God, I wish I had, right, um, right. or I should yeah. have there's still that time yep. to, to build that capacity. Um, and I think that's yep. my dedication, right? I mean, I got five more years before I hit 50. Uh, and I want to make sure that whatever, whatever my condition of my body is, my, my, my systems are, you know, will carry. And I thought that was a really interesting point, uh, you know, to maintain that uh, and look at that. And so that drives me to, you know, get off my ass and get in better shape. Plus, hanging out with guys like you from time to time, you know, I mean, I got to. Yeah. We need to get you a field trip out to Illinois, man. You can come play at the Stronghold for a week. Dude, we'll have to do it. And then we'll, you know, that'll be the start of the YouTube channel, maybe, you know, me with me getting the <laughs> shit kicked out of me. My park breaks out. I was, was reaching out to somebody else that, you know, I have an idea, like just going to put myself, you know, I talked to Matt. I was like, well, maybe I'll come out and let you kick the shit out of me and we'll YouTube it. Uh, you know, but go to the mat and put yourself out there. Right. So that's, and I think that's all part of it. It's just that willingness to put ourselves out there and, and be exposed. Right. And, and don't be attached to the outcome. Yeah, dude. Don't be attached to the outcome. If you, if you sit and and you have paralysis by analysis, like I can't do that. I'm not fast. Fuck that. Yeah. You're never going to do anything new by sitting on your ass. And if you go and try it and it sucks, you can say, fuck it. I tried it. Right. Yeah. Do something yeah. else, but go out and do things that are going to make you better. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, for an example, we're going out in the we're going out in the country here. I got some steel targets, and uh, I'm running some of my crew through uh, high heart rate shooting drills. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're going to be shooting steel. We're going to have no shoot targets. We're going to have failure drills. Everything in full kit, and some of these guys have never done this stuff, so it's. But it's awesome because they're willing to learn. They're uncomfortable with the thought of it because they know it's going to be hard, but they want to learn how to do it because it's going to ultimately make them better. Yes. And I like it because it's it's just fun. I mean, it's just fun, right? It's a good time. You get yeah. better at your craft. And, uh, you know, obviously, much like you, you know, I, I did the job for so long, and then I kind of had that separation, almost like a mini loss of identity. And, then, you know, like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And then it was the next evolution was obviously – training the community that you love to serve. So yeah. it, it keeps, it keeps you in, it keeps you involved and, and you're doing good things for people. So, well, and it calls us out and it makes us, yeah, it keeps us, it keeps us in check too. And I think that's the big thing because right. Right? we gotta, we gotta be, well, we gotta be able to, you know, walk our talk and do what we need to do. And so that's where, you know, every day growing, 
uh, and pushing yeah. it out. So no, dude, I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, while you do work for brute force, uh, one of the sponsors of the podcast here, uh, we'll get a little plug in for it because it is a, uh, phenomenal piece of equipment. I know you love it. Uh, a lot, oh, yeah. of, a lot of credibility behind it. Uh, it is radically changed, uh, the way I work out, you know, and I even like the idea of it because whether it's the firehouse throwing the back of the ambulance, you know, throwing the back of the squad car, you know, do rows with it, yeah. you know, do pull it, do, you know, do curls with it, do dumbbell swings with it, whatever you need to do with it. Right. You get any size bag that you want, even one of the smaller ones, uh, you know, right. it, it's mobile, right. It keeps you mm -hmm. completely functional and capable. And if you got a few minutes, get it in. Right. It's, it's completely an excuse killer. It is. <laughs> because like, like we said, you can, you know, you sign up for the app. And again, I, I don't want to sit here and, and sound like um, a salesperson for, for the company, but I started off as a customer from brute force. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know that. And it's because they made a solid fucking product, lifetime guaranteed and working out with it. It absolutely crushed me. And I like, I'm one of those sadistic bucks that if it makes me hurt bad, I want to do more of it. You right. know, and, and it's, the, the products are, are unlimited too, as far as there's so many different options, different weights. You know, I've, we've got the brute balls we talked about earlier, 70 pound, 150 pound and 300 pound capacities. I've got a 300 pounder that I put over a 48 inch yoke and you want to talk about a total body workout with one implement. There you go. <laughs> it's just fun shit. It yeah. is man. I mean, and even for me, you know, I mean, I've got a, I think of my bag, I, I mean, I'll just be straight with it. I think I, my bag runs like 35, 40 pounds. Um, you yeah. know, and I do, I love, I match it up with the jump rope. I do, you know, I do a different cycle. I jump rope 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I hit the bag for 30 seconds. Jump, you know, and I keep that as a maintain, you know, awesome. kind of my maintenance thing. Dude, 15, mm -hmm. 20 minutes of that done. Like, oh yeah, done. Uh, you yeah. know, and, and I think it, it, it's relevant the other day working out with Hazel, you know, I did the, uh, we were doing some stupid amount of push-ups, and when I finally hit my break point, couldn't go anymore, I rolled over, put the bag up, and started doing kind of the, the push press with the bag. Uh, nice. And, you know, so you go from failure to that thing, man, and then you start from a fire service standpoint pushing, you know, beams off of you, pushing drywall off of you, pushing things off of you. I mean, yeah. or, you know, from a stamp, from a... Pushing off, suspects off of you. Yeah, 100%, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole yeah. different... So I do well, love well, it. Let's, let's not forget... Link a couple of the bags together, and now you've got a downed officer or, or a downed yeah. member of your fire service that you've got to drag out. You know, 200 pounds of dead weight dragging it. It's yeah. like grabbing the drag strap and extracting one of your teammates. Yeah, totally. So, and and they're yeah. great, and they're they're such a you know I do, I do love Justin and the and the community. I mean, you guys are just such a great supporters of the community at, at as a whole. So that's uh, that's who we are, man. That's who and, we are. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, well, my Absolutely. friend, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, Absolute pleasure, Jeff. Thank good, you. Good stuff, man. I mean, any parting words for anybody besides get off their ass and lift, lift heavy shit? <laughs> I think uh, it doesn't even have to be heavy shit. Just yeah. always strive to do more today than you did yesterday. And yeah. tomorrow, do more than you did today. And yeah. Be your best. hundred. If you give 100% effort on any given day, it's always enough. And your life depends on it, as does the life of your coworkers and the people you serve. So get after it. That's it, man. And that's be safe. And be safe, right? And come home. So, all right, my friend. Yeah. I think that's it. That wraps it up. That's a phenomenal right. episode. Thank you, and brother. I, dude, I appreciate you joining me. 
All right, listen, what a phenomenal episode with Mark Briggs. Love that guy. I mean, straight down to earth. Absolutely fantastic. Listen, if you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. Swing by, rate and review us. Write us a little note. Also, don't forget, stop by outmindset.com backslash mindset radio. Pick up the show notes. Check it out. Follow us on Instagram, Mindset Radio. Stop by our Facebook page, Op Mindset, and by all means, join the Mindset Radio Facebook group so we can continue this conversation. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for giving me your time and attention. I greatly appreciate it. We're going to be back on Friday with some of the other crew. Just have a cool rap session and talk about what it means to be operational and how that shows up in work and in life. So again, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman. Don't forget to stop by BrewForceTraining.com. Show them some love. They're a great sponsor for us. We love them. Love to work with them. And as you just heard, well, it'll kick the shit out of all of us. So have a great day. Get out there. Be safe. Keep your head in the game. And we'll talk to you soon.